Hello and welcome to the Miles to Memories Vegas podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by MTM's managing editor, Mark Osterman. We have a great show for you this week. As a reminder, you can watch this entire show along with all the visuals that go with it at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. We changed our format a bit. Going forward, we're doing two Vegas news shows a week. Those will be combined in audio form on this podcast. But again, you can watch each of the shows along with all the visuals on our YouTube channel. On this week's show, we are going to talk about Tropicana finally getting sold. Bally's Corporation has taken over. What exactly are they going to do? Find out what Circus is doing for the biggest losers of their football contest. When Las Vegas is getting a new show, we'll tell you about that. Resorts World continues to impress with their Halloween decorations. Mirage has shut down their dolphin exhibit after three dolphins have died. We'll tell you the latest. Plus, we'll go over the history of implosions in Las Vegas, talk about the Fiesta Henderson as they destroy that building, and whether the Tropicana could meet a similar fate. So much on this show. As a reminder, if you like the show, don't forget to subscribe in your favorite podcast app. Just search MTM Vegas. We also have our Miles Points Travel Podcast. You can find it at mtmpodcast.com or just search Miles to Memories in any podcast app. Thanks so much for listening, for watching, for supporting Miles to Memories, the Vegas channel, the podcast. Let's hit it. So, Mark, did you see that the Las Vegas Lights, they once again did their $5,000 cash drop which basically is just them flying a helicopter above Cashman Field where they play and dropping thousands of dollars all over the field. And then lucky fans who are chosen ahead of time get to run all over and pick up stuff. I saw one guy who like got $13 on Twitter, so I don't know. (laughs) There's a lot of confetti too, so I wonder how much of it just blows away and nobody gets it. Um, But uh, yeah, did you see that? It looks pretty cool. So you're saying they just like drop litter in the desert, basically? (laughs) (laughs) It seems like it. You know what my first thought was? Do you remember uh, going to like Chuck E. Cheese as a kid and that ticket uh, tornado that you, if it was your birthday party, you get to stand in and you try to grab whatever tickets you can? That's exactly what I thought of. And it sounds awesome. It does sound awesome. I think they had over 200 people that got selected to do it. First time that they did it, the FAA came in and investigated the helicopter pilot because apparently they didn't fly the helicopter safely. They didn't have enough chance to like recover themselves. If they crashed, they would have, you know, crashed into the crowd below or something. Uh, but apparently they've worked it out. So it's a tradition now. And uh, they got covered. It was on ESPN everywhere else. So uh, once again, that little soccer team from Las Vegas making national headlines. Yeah, I definitely got to go check it out. It seems like they, they do a lot of fun stuff and they try really hard to get make it unique uh, for what it is. Like the, the pools on the side of the field, pull your car up type of stuff. Like just it, it seems really, really cool. So definitely something unique to Vegas and over the top, of course, and I'll, I'll catch free money anytime. Well, 13 bucks is better than no bucks. <laughs> exactly. All right, Mark, uh, this wasn't talked about as much this last week, but something big happened in Las Vegas. The Tropicana, pretty much the most historic property on the Strip. I know Flamingo's older, uh, but there's no original buildings there. Tropicana still has some of its original bungalows and stuff like that. But it has officially been sold to Bally's Corporation. That sale is now complete, which means a few things. Uh, First off, uh, that the name Tropicana is probably a thing of the past. Uh, Bally's is going to keep the name for a couple years. But let's start there. You don't have the sentimental history with Tropicana. There's a huge video I did on the show. (laughs) Yeah, on the on the channel. If you want to see a whole tour of the property, so this hurts me. But what are your thoughts as somebody who you know you don't have the personal connection that I do? Yeah, I mean, the Tropicana definitely needs some uh, upgrading and some uniqueness brought to it. I do love the the 
domed ceiling, you know, that, that area is really beautiful, really cool. So I hope they keep that, you know, but I'm excited to see what they can do with it. it it's still weird that Bally's that doesn't own Bally's, but is also kind of like Bally's, the sports network now owns a casino, but they're all different kind of Bally's. So <laughs> in true Vegas fashion, they make it as confusing as possible for people to figure out what's going on. But, uh, you know, it, it is a cool older property, definitely needs some updating. So hopefully this brings new life to it. They retheme it. Hopefully they stayed in the, the Miami vibe. Have you heard anything? Have they said like what the plans are with with rehabbing it or anything? No. So I did the latest research trying to figure out anything, and they've been very quiet about it. Of course, there has been that rumor that this could be a site for one of the A's potential stadiums. Um, this was always a long shot, and I wouldn't count on that happening. But uh, obviously, if the money's right, it could be. Bally's could sell it to the A's to become a stadium site. But will most likely be a year or more before we hear what they actually are going to do. Most likely, it's going to be redeveloped into Bally's Las Vegas. The Bally's name, obviously, is coming off horseshoe. So let's let's back up a little bit. So yeah, you're right. It's all so confusing. I feel like the Bally's Corporation's been under different names and different entities for a long time. Um, but that used to all be part of the sort of Caesars um, conglomerate way back in the day, which Caesars isn't even Caesars anymore. You know, they're El Dorado Gaming, so let's not get started on that. But what's happened is Caesars, they sold their Bally's Atlantic City to Bally's Corporation. Um, that company's been buying a lot of casinos over the last few years, and uh, they're basically relaunching the name. Some part of that deal, Caesars gave up the right to use Bally's, and that's why you're seeing them transition the Bally's in Las Vegas to Horseshoe, which will clear the way for Bally's uh, Las Vegas eventually. They Their CEO did say in an earnings call a little while back that they do plan to redevelop the property, make it bigger, make it more competitive. It's kind of small, only 1,500 rooms, a 60,000 square foot casino, definitely room for expansion. They have a huge parking lot. So it'll be interesting to see, is this going to be a teardown? Are they going to kind of gut the buildings and redevelop, add on to it? I agree with you that casino is very historic. Uh, that pit definitely needs to stay with the stained glass. That's like one of the coolest things in all of Las Vegas. But uh, yeah, we still don't know anything. It's going to remain a double tree for at least a year. So you can use those Hilton points there. Yeah, mostly just, uh, I think this is the end of an era. Tropicana, as we know it, is going away. Do you think they're going to mess with your favorite pool? <laughs> well, they could heat it. That wouldn't be bad because it is freezing <laughs> cold in there. Yeah, it's definitely a cool pool. It doesn't have everything it used to have. It used to have these waterfalls, but it definitely has the indoor-outdoor part. It's a throwback to when Tropicana was known as the island of Las Vegas, uh, a time that uh, was very hopeful. And uh, I, I got to go stay over there before any big changes come. But it sounds like Bally's is on the slow sort of progression, kind of similar to what we'll see with Mirage and Hard Rock, where it takes many years, although this will be a more extensive uh, renovation than what you'll see at Mirage. Yeah, they're going to have a lot of work ahead of them. I put it on par with like the Rio uh, w when they're going to rehabbing that like similar type of work that they're going to have to do. They're br bringing in all those different brands, hotels. I'm guessing they're redoing all the rooms. I mean, it, these are older, so they're smaller. Do they mess with walls? That That's like a whole nother level of stuff. I, I don't think they'll do that, but maybe when they add in new towers and stuff, that's when they'll, you know, put luxury into it and everything. But be interesting to see where they go with it, what they do. Hopefully they keep the same vibe because I do, I like, you know, the Miami vibe. They they got it right there, unlike Virgin with the, their weird desert <laughs> vibe. All right. So let, speaking of like redevelopments, uh, Las Vegas has a, the whole history of imploding buildings and uh, 8 News now kind of put together their archive footage from all of the different implosions. And I feel like this is relevant because 
I want to talk in a minute about Fiesta Henderson, and it's getting very close. I don't know if they're going to implode the tower, but I'll show you what it looks like as of now in just a second. But here were the implosions. The first one that started all was Dunes in 1993. That was replaced uh, by Bellagio, obviously. Uh, Landmark in 95. Sands in 96. That became Venetian Palazzo. Uh, Hacienda in 96. That became Mandalay Bay. Aladdin in 98. That became Planet Hollywood, or it became the new Aladdin, then Planet Hollywood. Uh, El Rancho in 2000, uh, which is, I believe, largely where Fountain Blue is today. Uh, Desert in 2004 became Wynn. Then you had Bourbon Street in 2006, Boardwalk 2006, that became City Center, Castaways in 2006, which is off the strip, Stardust, then New Frontier, then of course Riviera. So it's good to come and go back. I'll, we'll put a link there. You can watch all those different implosions and watch as it happened. There was such a feeling at the time among people that it was so wrong to tear down these buildings. But when you look at a lot of them, you just sort of look at the scale and size of them compared to today's buildings. Like... It makes perfect sense that they would tear down the dunes and build Bellagio, and maybe that's an argument for why they should tear down uh, Tropicana. Yeah, I wish, you know, you you hear these, and a lot of them were before my time. You know, I know you went to Vegas when you were younger, but I didn't get to see a lot of them. I would love, like, Stardust is such an iconic sign for Vegas, such an iconic name. I, I can't believe somebody hasn't tried to revive that brand or bring it back. I don't even know if they legally can. Or what the details are there. But how cool would it be for somebody to be like, hey, we're building a new Stardust. How amazing would that be? Yeah, and you know, with like TV shows all getting remade, uh, who knows? I think Boyd Gaming owns the Stardust name. Um, so we may, uh, you know, see that. But yeah, I feel like we're so into retro stuff now and redeveloping old brands and stuff, stuff like that. I wouldn't be surprised to see it happen. And, you know, we're going to see that with if Bally's moves too. They can sort of reimagine what Bally's is, although... Like you kind of made the point earlier, I don't know how strong the Bally's brand uh, is, but uh, well, we're bringing the horseshoe back, so we're kind of <laughs> working that way. There you go, exactly. It's all it's all one big circle. Now I did head out to Fiesta Henderson and just drove by there the other day. Um, got give an update. We drove by on the freeway, got out, tried to take video as much as I could. Uh, the sign is now mostly gone, so the Fiesta Henderson part of the sign at the top completely gone. Um, and what they've done is, if you know the building from over the years. There's the front part of the building, which faces the major street. That was the original part of the casino. Then you have the hotel tower. Then behind that was the addition where the uh, movie theaters were on the back of the property. And they basically are tearing out those uh, casino buildings, uh, the one where the movie theaters were, the one on the front. They're probably about 80% gone now. And then in the hotel tower, they're going floor by floor. They probably only have a couple floors left. So I do wonder if they're going to implode that um, just because... Uh, it's a bit taller. I think it's about 10 stories. You see in the video of it right now. So uh, it's coming along. Uh, we showed the Texas video. I thought I would show this because I was driving by there. Uh, it's always interesting to see a building that big get torn down. Uh, but I think that's just another reminder Vegas is going to do this. We're going to keep churning through buildings, churning through culture. Nothing is safe. Have you ever gone to uh, an implosion live like and watched it? No, I'm like ashamed to say it because it's been something I've, you know, Long said I want to do, and I almost did it with the Riviera. I stayed there the last night it was open, but I didn't get to the implosion. So maybe maybe this one, if it happens. Yeah, I think that'd be something unique to see. You know, you know a lot of cities don't have the ability to do that because everything's so tight and close together. So I think this is kind of a unique aspect of Vegas that they can do this, and they do it so often that everybody, if, you, if you're like into that stuff, and I mean, it's so crazy to see. I, I feel like it'd be something worth, you know, carving out of your day for. 
Yeah, for sure. They usually happen in the middle of the night, and I think that's the reason I probably haven't gone because it's like at 2 a.m. or something. Get some no-dos like you're young again. <laughs> pretend like I'm young again. All right, so this is a, a new format for us. We're going to do shorter shows, two shows a week. So uh, instead of the 20-plus minute shows, we'll do, do in 10 to 12, 13-minute shows twice a week. So make sure that you subscribe to the channel, smash the uh, the bell, the notification bell, so you get notified whenever we upload a new video because we'll be doing about the same amount of coverage, just splitting it up a little bit. And we have some other videos coming as well. So, Mark, uh, let's close with this. Franco Dragone passed away this last week, and he is infamous, I think, in the world of Las Vegas shows. Kind of got his start with Cirque, um, bringing Mystere to Treasure Island in 1993, then bringing O to Bellagio a few years later. He was behind Celine Dion's A New Day residency, that very first residency that really... Uh, put uh, Celine's career back on the map in Las Vegas in the Coliseum. Um, other famous shows like the House of Dancing Water at Macau's uh, City of Dreams, which is where the Grand Hyatt is. I've stayed there. I have not seen the show, but I've heard it's amazing. Of course, I know you really love The Rev. Uh, What's his other show uh, that ran uh, all the way through 2020? So sad they closed that theater. Wait. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the new show is supposedly good. It's opening Don't up in a few weeks. His best show ever. Yeah, so the, his, his best show was his last one, um, and the, his last show is the one that just opened this past year, Amistika, uh, Chris Angel's uh, yes. show. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it, like, I, I think it's iconic. You know, all the Cirque shows and stuff are so unique to Vegas, even though there's copycats and they go all over, but there's such a cool experience, I mean, you know, besides Ka, which it is what it is but i don't mean to trigger you again um but no like all those shows <laughs> i need more so. cop b-roll for every time you mention it just to trigger me <laughs> um those shows are so cool and you know i didn't know that he was involved in larev too which you know is one of my favorite shows that that's been in vegas so such a unique thing and cast and they do so, such cool things that you didn't even think were possible and you know that kind of opened it up now it's on america's got talent and all stuff like that but this was well before, you know, it was on TV and people could see it other places. So, you know, I, I can't give him enough respect for what, what he pulled off and what he did and what he means for shows in Vegas, really. Yeah, and he was really trying to relaunch uh, his company in Vegas to bring like a new generation of shows. I know they're working on some projects. They had just uh, launched a new office here. And of course, like we said, the, the Chris Angel show was his first new project coming back and there were others in the works. So hopefully we'll be seeing his legendary work you know mixing the acrobatics and the water and just all the crazy stuff um so many different shows and so many different iconic things from traditional cirque to things like larev to even you know celine dion's residency so uh he had a huge impact it was a sudden uh, you know death i think he had a heart attack so uh thoughts and prayers to his family and uh, certainly want to give him the respect as a uh Vegas pioneer and everything he's done in the last 30 years in Vegas entertainment. And not only that, around the world, because there's Dragone shows going everywhere. So uh, rest in peace to Mr. Dragone. And uh, man, tw- doesn't it feel like 2022 has been horrible for celebrity deaths? It just feels like the- maybe that's every year, but this just seems way more than normal, I feel like. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been rough. Um, and this is a big one for the Vegas entertainment community. So 
So, Mark, did you see that Circa has their losers football package? Uh, basically, if you join their survivor football contest, that uh, if you lost in the first three weeks, they'll give you a free room, a free bed by the pool, and all you have to do is say, I'm a big Circa loser. Uh, no, they don't. That last part isn't true, but. <laughs> No, that's uh, I think that's pretty cool. And and definitely, you know, because I think it's what was it $1,000 to buy into this, this uh, survivor football thing. So you get a big chunk of it back, you know, room, uh, day bed, all that stuff. That's, you know, two, 300 bucks right there. I know it's kind of like during the uh, shoulder season and everything, but still cool that they do something. And I guess that's that will probably encourage people, you know, hey, I'm gonna put a 1000 bucks on this next year. I'll try it. But maybe they'll do this again, where I get some of the money back if I lose. But man, that's a crazy tournament thing. I've never paid attention to how far people go, but it uh, it seems like it'd be tough. I'm sure a lot of people probably lose in the fourth week and they get nothing. But as you said, yeah, room is midweek. You know, it's not the best thing, but it's good to be a loser sometimes. Pick against the Lions. That will get you going <laughs> a long way. So uh, big news in the last couple of weeks has been the dispensary uh, licensing process for lounges. And we didn't get to talk about this on a previous show, so I thought it'd be worth taking uh, a little bit of time to talk about it. Both unincorporated Clark County and the city of Las Vegas have approved dispensary lounges. There will be up to 20 of them opening uh, sometime early next year. They're working on the final rules and regulations, but they are approved. All the other like municipalities in the area, North Las Vegas, Henderson, they all opted out, uh, but Las Vegas and Clark County wanted it. But let's start with this. Last year, in the last fiscal year, 965 million ninety-one thousand. One hundred twenty-three dollars worth of marijuana it a sold. Let's call yeah, it let's B. call it just. It was a billion last year, so it's actually slightly down. About one hundred forty-seven million dollars to local schools uh, from the taxes. So it is bringing in tax money, but already a billion-dollar business. Yeah, I wonder how much it actually gets to schools, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, and I don't understand the the pushback on these lounges. You know, if you're selling, if you already allowed the sale sale of marijuana, what what's the difference? Like. So many people are smoking on the street and stuff, even though they're not supposed to. So at least this encourages the, encourage them to go to a place and sit in there and smoke it. It's just like a bar where you go to have a drink. I don't see any difference, you know, and then more tax revenue because people are probably going to be buying while they're there and stuff like that. So this seems like it should have just kind of gone hand in hand from the beginning. I'm kind of surprised that there's any pushback. You know, you have hookah lounges. What's the difference? You know, people sitting there smoking. I know it's a drug versus tobacco, but it's no different than sitting in a bar and drinking beer. So go for it. Yeah. And up until now, until these open, it's illegal technically to consume marijuana in public, um, obviously in hotels and stuff like that. So basically the only place to consume it is in the privacy of your own home. If you're a tourist, you don't have that. And obviously anybody who's been on the strip knows that people are consuming it just about everywhere. So Hopefully, this will help get the people from smoking it out on the street, get them indoors. Most of the places that are going to have lounges already have dispensaries, so these will be attached to them. That makes perfect sense. And uh, they have other rules about where they can be exactly uh, for everybody. But yeah, I think these are going to be popular, uh, you know, a place to hang out for a few hours. No alcohol served there, though, Mark, so you can't mix and uh, match. I won't be there. (laughs) Mark prefers his beer (laughs) over his... uh, over his marijuana but uh yeah it's just an interesting change in time right this is like the next step legalizing it such a big deal but then having these lounges to go to making it more social or at least socially acceptable because we know everybody's in the corner at link in the parking garage behind the hotel uh walking down the strip everybody's smoking it everywhere so 
And now it's time to get everybody together and light up. <laughs> Toke down. <laughs> there you go. Did you see that uh, big parlay winner uh, guy put a $10,000 bet on a two-team parlay, and he won $680,000 from Caesars Sportsbook. Now, I don't think it was in Las Vegas. I'm assuming he was online when he did it, um, but he was from New York, and he parlayed Georgia Tech and uh, Florida International. Georgia Tech was, what, a 21.5-point underdog, and they won. Um, then he placed a $9,000 bet with a four-team parlay, which would have paid him almost a million dollars, but he thankfully, <laughs> I guess for Caesars, lost that. But uh, what's the biggest parlay you've ever heard of somebody winning? That's pretty big. Yeah, I think that's got to be up there. I mean, I'm sure there's other ones, but... The the fact that he's putting ten grand on two like twenty point dogs is kind of crazy. So I have to imagine he does like a ton of these and and maybe like break, breaks even. It's like that uh, one thing we saw on Twitter where a guy won uh, uh, like four of a kind with a kicker or something, won several hundred thousand dollars, but he's betting five hundred dollars a deal. So it's like you know that <laughs> that's not gonna last so long. Um, so that's kind of where I'm I'm at with this. The fact that he did a 9K on a four-team parlay, he hit the first two legs. I think he had the the Packers losing, which looked like it was going to happen for a bit there to like the Patriots' third-string uh, quarterback. So maybe he has like some mojo, but it's kind of kind of bizarre that he's putting these kind of numbers. Usually, when you're doing long dogs, it's like a ten twenty dollar bet, not ten thousand dollars. It's funny when you live in Las Vegas long enough, you start hearing people's stories about winning. And I quickly learned that the more stories people have about winning, they never tell you about their stories about losing. But the more winning stories they have, the chances are they have the same proportion of losing stories. Um, so, yeah, I got, this guy, like you said, he paid, placed another bet for 10K that would have paid out a million and lost. And to your point, for such obscure parlays, how many other parlays is he betting? How often is he betting? And those are big dollar amounts. So he's not uh, a low roller. So. I'm sure Caesar Sportsbook has uh, gotten some nice uh, action from him, even if it cost him a little bit uh, this time. And that's always the dream of a parlay, right? You create some astronomical parlay so you can bet a few bucks and you know win big. So uh, it, he's living the dream, I guess. Now, uh, what is sad to talk about is uh, Mirage. Uh, they've closed their dolphin exhibit indefinitely now. They've had three dolphins die there this year. Of the 15 dolphins, I found this article, born at the Mirage since 1991, 11 of them have died. Uh, the average lifespan of a dolphin is over 30 years. So uh, these dolphins are dying much quicker, I guess, than they would out in the wild. And um, after the third death, they decided to close it. There's no reopening date. Closed indefinitely. There's no real like signs of why this is happening other than... Uh, there's a lot of people who criticize the fact that dolphins don't belong in the desert. Um, but uh, I wonder if this is going to reopen with uh, Mirage changing hands to uh, Hard Rock at some point next year, probably, or later this year, uh, if they will ever just re keep that closed until they decide what they're going to do with it. Yeah, it is kind of surprising. And even I think I read, uh, you know, in captivity, it's 25 year lifespan, which some of the dolphins that passed away did reach their full maturity, like 25 years but a lot of them were, were younger. So I, I have to imagine that, you know, dry air, dry desert doesn't really do well with their, their systems, I would guess. You know, usually in the ocean it, you, where there's, you know, humidity most of the time, most places you go. So I got to think that plays somewhat of a role and it's all like, you know, respiratory issues that they're running into. So I don't know, but it, it definitely is 
kind of surprising. And I don't know how this compares to other places like SeaWorld and, and things like that. But I, I would think that they're going to keep it closed just because they don't need this bad press. I doubt they're going to keep it open once it became Hard Rock anyway. And you don't want any more bad press before you roll out. So my guess would be it's it's gone for good, uh, which I never actually watched the Dolphins. I went there and done the Tigers and everything, but I never saw the Dolphins doing anything. So I don't even know if it was a big draw or a big show or anything like that. I think back in the day it was. I uh, went back to the uh, habitat a couple times, but it's been a while and I never did the swimming with the dolphins uh, or anything. But I mean, it's been there for 30 years. It's probably from another time. I think everybody expects Hard Rock to take it out anyway. That's probably where the expanded pool area will go. Um, so I, I feel like it stays were numbered. Put the volcano and... there. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, the volcano's gone. Maybe they'll put like a mini volcano in the pool area as like a, a throwback uh, to the original. But, That'd be cool, yeah. like in the center of the pool. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, so l- l- listening, hopefully they're listening to us. But uh, yeah, so I, I just expect it was going to close anyway. It's sad for the Dolphins, and uh, I doubt we'll get it back. That'd be my guess, is that it just uh, goes away. Um, you know. But we'll see. No other news on the Secret Garden or any of the other stuff uh, stuff happening there. Um, all right, so let's talk resorts. So a couple weeks ago, we talked that they were doing the Christmas event, like the snow event in their big dirt lot, which I think is a great idea. And it's good to see them making use of their uh, their land there. And now they've announced this four-day Halloween event um, that's all kind of themed around the Mad Hatter Tea Party um, called Wonder World. And not only are they going to have, like, Halloween stuff, but, like, their nightclub is going to turn into the, what is it, the Red Queen's Castle. And then they're going to have the Red Queen's Beer Garden and even like Gatsby's will turn into the mushroom forest and they'll have Mad Hatter tea party somewhere. So all throughout the property, they're going to have this sort of Halloween Alice in Wonderland themed thing. I, I dig this. I think this is cool. Yeah, the promo video definitely had me into it. Like, I'm ready. And, you know, we saw, I forget where it was, the speakeasy that you're supposed to solve a thing to get in. And that looked really cheap and and kind of like, you know, slapped together. Where this looks like, at least from the video, it looks like it's well done and I mean, we get we bust uh, Resorts World's nuts quite a bit, but they do try. Like it seems like they're trying to do something unique and different quite often. So I give them credit for that. You know, at least they're not just being virgin and sitting over there and saying, "We'll give you a twenty dollar room, please come." But uh, <laughs> so I, I, I would be if I was in town, I would definitely go check this out. It looks really, really cool. Yeah, it seems like their event staff is working overtime trying to figure out ways to bring people in, and uh, this looks very neat. And it's only for four nights, so it seems like they're doing a lot. And my guess is this is maybe a test case for future years. Um, They're also going to have, like, special display on their giant ball and all kinds of other stuff. So I'll put a link in the description. This should be, like, the whole month of October. Like, four nights. Yeah. Like, a lot of effort for something small. Well, maybe if it goes well, they'll they'll do that. But October 27th through the 31st, go check it out. So earlier this week, we talked about the death of Franco Dragon, the creator of of Lorev at Wynn. And uh, this week, we also learned that Awakening is going to be debuting later this month. It's going to be uh, in the same theater that Lorev was in. It's still a theater in the round, 1,600 seats, lots of action. It's very Cirque-looking. Did you see the video, uh, the preview of it? It'll never be as good as Lorev. Like, <laughs> it's just, it's not going to... The only person that could have come in and, and filled the void Lorev left was Chris Angel, but he's uh, sadly selling 12 tickets somewhere else. But... Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it'll be good because the wind doesn't do anything bad, really. Everything they 
bring out is is top notch. So I'm sure it'll be good. I'm just sad that the ref isn't there. Like water, the the stuff they did in water was pretty amazing. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with the space. Are they using like the depths of the uh, stage, or you know what they do with that, with how deep Larev's stage went and everything. So yeah, I'm sure they came up with something pretty cool. Yeah, at least we know it's still in the round. It looks sort of like a, a circuit show, uh, like a little bit of cough thrown in there. Um, it looks it looks very epic, so I, I can't wait. It's following kind of a, a journey of uh, two characters as they go through things. Very typical type of do you show. Ever, so. Do you ever follow the story in these shows? Like they're always like, "This is what the story is," but I'm just like, I'm just watching people. I do, but I don't remember. Like I don't remember it when I leave, you know. But uh, the coolest thing about this is that apparently this theater has something called Win Sonic Sound, featuring PHBX technology. So. They got their own sound, the Sonic sound. So I thought that was the coolest part of the announcement. Um, I'm sure it it'll be Sounds like amazing. a 4D theater where they splash water <laughs> like a bat year or something. Coming soon to Six Flags near, near you, Sonic yeah. uh, <laughs> sound. All right, well, that's going to do it for this week's show. As a reminder, we're doing two shows a week, or at least Tuesdays and Fridays. This is our second show, but if you missed it, we have a whole other show that came out just a couple days ago for you to check out. If you like the channel, don't forget to subscribe. Smash the thumbs up button, hit that notification bell so you receive notification of all of our new videos. And most importantly, we'd love to discuss any of this stuff down in the comments. We'll be back early next week with another show. Thanks so much for watching. Talk to you next time. See ya.